Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Monster Eat the Pilot podcast, the podcast hosted by me, Brandon. It is Wednesday, um, so it's the second podcast of the week. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have, if it's your first time, welcome. If it's your second time, welcome back, and thank you for coming back. Um, I am on Stitcher, Radio Public, Spotify, and Amazon, so if you know anybody who listens to their podcast through those services, uh, let them know about me. Spread the good word, if it, as it were trying to do something with my fucking headphone cord right now. I've got my podcast station basically set up, but now, like, everything that has wires in it in my house, the wires are just absolutely fucking everywhere and tangled up, and it's driving me crazy. Um, Yeah, but I bought a new mic stand today because the one I bought two weeks ago broke already. So that makes me incredibly happy. Like, it made me really happy that something I bought two weeks ago completely broke and fell apart. That should never break and fall apart. So, I was... Proud, even. I was even proud of how pissed off I got about it. (laughs) Now I went and bought a new one. Um, This one's, I think, a little bit better. I have a little bit more versatility with it because it's... The one I bought was, like, for a desk. So it was, like, kind of smaller. And the way I have it set up now in my music room, it never would really work. I had to, like, sit right up against my piano for it to work properly once I moved out of the nook room. And now I bought one that's taller. I can kind of sit it off to the side, have it reach all the way across to me. Or I can kind of sit back in my chair, pull it closer, do all that fun stuff. Just, you know, now I've got options. And that's what life is, is options, man. That's all it's supposed to be, is options. I bought a new chair for my room. This roll up right to the piano itself. God, man. Life is on the ups, man. Let me tell you. It's kind of what I talked about in therapy this week. I went to therapy today, which if you're struggling out there whatsoever and you don't feel like you have anybody to talk to or, one, reach out. Like, reach out. Find somebody you can reach out to. Like I said, I never I never care to listen. Um, but if you're on the fence about going to therapy, it really is worth it. Like, you know, do your research on it. Um, you know, because... Not all therapists are the same. They're not all specialized in what you may need. So you need to kind of not so much self-diagnose, but self-assess yourself. Like what what's your biggest issue? Move forward from there. Find people who can help with what is bothering you in that situation. Like me, my big issue is depression. Like that's always been my major issue. Um, depression, suicidal idolation, suicidal tendencies, all that fun stuff. Um, so I have to... So I went and found one who specialized in kind of those those things. And it's been one of, if not the best decisions of my life. Um, I've talked about things I've never talked about before, like my suicide stuff. I've never talked to anybody about that until I started talking to my therapist. And now I talk to, I can talk to anybody about it anytime. I'm literally talking about it on a podcast, which potentially will never happen. Never going to happen. Could be heard by millions of people. And it does not bother me. It doesn't scare me one bit. That if for some reason... There's a mistake in my podcast is heard by millions, if not billions of people, some insane number. It does not scare me one bit that they know some of the shit that I've I've said on this podcast. It doesn't bother me anymore. I am kind of an open book on things. And it's to me, it's been all down to uh, therapy. And Jesus Christ, man, come. I just watched the Subaru down the street just go flying out to the like there's a car coming. Like, gee whiz, there's kids in the neighborhood, man. 
There's deer in this neighborhood. I love seeing deer in this neighborhood. It makes me so freaking happy. No, but like, yeah, if you, if you feel like you're, like I said, if you think that's what you need, you should really, you should really do it. Just go out there and do it. Go out there and find somebody who you think you can help because I think it, it can do wonders for absolutely everybody. Because like I said, it's just an outlet for you to get a lot of things out. And like I said, you, it's not, you're not going to figure it out. And they're not going to figure it out for you. Well, yeah, I should say, you're going to figure it out, but it's not going to happen overnight. And they're going to help you along the way. They're not there to just figure your shit out and like, here you go, your problems are fixed. No, it's just like another outlet and another voice and another person who understands how, like, patterns of thinking, brainwaves, and all that fun stuff can work. And helping you realize not to fall into, basically, the traps of your own mind. I don't know. It's fun. It's, and you know, I had a good one today. Just kind of talked most of me about the podcast, and she thinks the podcast will do wonders for, like, how my personality works will be great for me. Just kind of getting stuff out there more and more often. And like I said, it's been fun so far. Hopefully you're enjoying it as well. Um, I think I've got a second mic finally, so if, whenever I start having people on, they have a microphone to talk into as well. Um, my sister's still lined up to be the first person on the podcast if she gets off her lazy ass and gets up here. <laughs> she's got to do the work. She's got to schedule it. Like, I'm I'm just, you know, it's her it's her gig, man. <laughs> nah, um, I think i got four people lined up right now to be on the show at some point. I think I might make it kind of a Wednesday. When I do have people, I'll be like on Wednesdays. Because that's like the day I had the whole day off. I don't have to like rush home from work or anything like that. I they can kind of come over whenever. We can kind of set it up that way. Be cool. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Talk to, you know, I'm working. I talked on therapy about how I spoke on the podcast. So in therapy, I talked about the podcast talking about <laughs> roundabout way. On the podcast a couple weeks ago, I talked about how I don't stay in touch with people. And like I said, it's never, if you're one of those people I don't stay in touch with, again, it's not you. It is me. Like, I, I'm so bad at staying in touch with people. Um, but through doing the few podcast episodes and some of the people who have listened to it, I have talked to a few people I haven't talked to in a while. And um, hopefully I can kind of stay on top of that. Maybe that's like the thing I should be working on that. Losing weight is another big one I'm working on. I lost, I've lost like 15 pounds since the start of the year. And I lost all of those 15 pounds by like March. And now it's June, and I haven't lost a fucking pound since because I keep ordering a goddamn pizza, even though I know my stomach's going to be completely destroyed by said pizza. And oh man, I don't get it. I don't get why I do it because I know, I know when I order it, it's going to destroy me, and I'm going to feel like garbage, and I'm going to hate everything. Like right now, my stomach is just destroyed because I ate pizza today. Like, and I knew it, and I knew what's going to happen. Dumb. It's just a dumb thing I did. I don't get it. Like I said, like I said, if I if if I had if I ate pizza and didn't realize that was the cause of my like the stomach issues I'm feeling right now, like I would understand. But I know for a fact when I was ordering the pizza, when I was ordering it, so it's not even like when I got it, I'm like, why did I do this? It's like I'm even telling myself things like, Brandon, you're gonna feel like shit when you get this and you eat this. You're gonna eat half this pizza and wanna throw out the other half. So that's what I just did. I ate half the pizza and I tossed the other half. Because it makes me feel like garbage. <laughs> I don't know, it's so weird that I do this to myself. Like, it'd be also different if I didn't like like broccoli or if I didn't even like cooking for myself where I can cook something like 
better for me. Like, I love cooking. I love broccoli. I love asparagus. I love, you know, fruits. I love veggies. I love salads. I love these things that are good for you, that can fill you up still, and, like, better for you to eat. Better for you to lose weight eating. And, no, let's get a pizza. Let's spend way too much money on this fucking pizza. Ugh, drives me f up the freaking wall, man. I drive myself up the wall every day. It's one thing I guess I've learned is that we're all basically kind of crazy. <laughs> and that's what this whole podcast is, is me talking to myself in a room for an hour. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, the only thing that's different on Sundays and Wednesdays is that I record it. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know, man. Always working on it. Get positive, stay better. Reach out. All that fun stuff. Like I said, man. Uh, I don't know. Uh, let's leave it there tonight. Let's leave it there. I don't want to go too far into it. Oh, man. Now I've talked to my mom about things. She, like I said, she got to listen to the podcast. You hear baby boy say the C word like a f fucking animal. <laughs> I should have my mom on the show. I think that's the only way you're ever going to get a clean episode of Monster Eat the Pilot is if I have my mother on the show. Because I can... I, I can watch what I say when I'm around my mother. When she's not around, there, I just don't have a chance. I just don't have a chance. Can't do it. Um, yeah, maybe I should have my mom on. I think that'd be a really fun episode. Uh, talk to her about her Cindy Red Pants days. Yeah. My mom used to be a bartender back in the day. And uh, when my dad was courting her, he'd call her Cindy Red Pants because she wore red pants. <laughs> so I guess you guys can see where I get all my clever jokes from. <laughs> I didn't know so much about, like, not just, like, my mom and dad's relationship, but just about my mom until, like, recently. Like, I had no idea my mom was divorced until I was, like, 25 years old. Like, zero idea. Never heard about it. Never mentioned it. And, like, when you actually do think about it, why would it ever be mentioned? You know, because it's like, how does that come up? How would that ever come up? Mom's going to take a side. Just so you know, I'm divorced. Okay, let me go back to playing with these fucking army men over here, Mom. Let me get back to my Sega Genesis. <laughs> I don't think I ever had a Sega Genesis. <laughs> I was a PlayStation kid, man. Sony for life, bro. Except for that few years I played an Xbox 360. I'm sorry, Sony. <laughs> nah, but my, uh, yeah, it was like I was like 25 or something like that. Maybe 26. My mom just casually says, you know, like, oh, you know, my ex-husband died a few months ago. And it took me like three minutes to understand what she said. I was like, wait, can we go back? Can we go back? Your ex-husband died a few months ago? What? She's like, yeah, my ex-husband died a few months ago. And you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, let's, let's slow down. When did you have an ex-husband? And she's like, oh, yeah. It's like, you didn't know that? Like, I didn't know that? She's like, yeah, you know. No, you know, Nathan, just, you know, you didn't know that? Nathan just found out a few months ago. I'm like, also, oh, apparently nobody knew about that. So why, how would I know if nobody knew? <laughs> yeah, then she told me a little bit about him. Like, the only thing I really, I don't remember his name. Um, the only thing she told me was that he hit her one time and she was out the fucking door. So good on my mom. Hell yeah. Um, that's how I wish every lady would treat that type of thing. That, you know, if he raises his fucking hand to you, I, you're out the fucking door. Never, never go back. Because you go back, you're just validating how he how he treats like not so much how he treats you, but in his head, he he can do it again and get away with it. Same thing with cheating. 
you go back to them, they're just, they're going to cheat again. They're going to act like they're, they've changed. They, they're not. As soon as you go back, you validated everything they did, and they can do it again. Yeah, but if a guy fucking raises his hand to you, they don't deserve you, get out the fucking door. Go. Like, don't, if you have kids, they don't need to be raised around a guy who does that. There's no fucking reason. So, get the fuck out the door. Leave that motherfucker behind. He doesn't deserve you. I'm such a fucking hero. <laughs> no, but seriously, though. Like, God, uh, there's like, you know, only the most extreme situations should you ever actually raise your hand to a woman. And by extreme situations, I mean, like, they're trying to physically murder you or they're trying to murder your kids or like you know something like that you know what I mean like you come home and um, your wife's like I don't know starts slashing at you with a knife yeah you probably like and there's for no reason it's be like the reverse domestic violence here like um you know you left the seat up so now she's got a knife at your fucking throat you might be allowed to kind of throw a hand at her just to try to stop her. Now, you take her fucking day out on her because because of that. No. You disarm and then disengage, man. Jesus Christ. You have to explain this. Like, we're fucking adults. Don't hit each other. Don't hit, don't hit, a, don't hit a woman. Don't do it. It's stupid. I don't know. Get off my goddamn high horse for a second. What am I talking about? Oh, yeah, my mom. Yeah, like I said, my mom said he hit her one time. And she was like, fuck this, I'm out of here. So, like I said, good up, good on my mom. That's I wish a lot of people would do that. So, yeah, he had died. So I, uh, you know, I can't remember his name, but piss on his grave. If he, if he touched my mom, that's what he deserves. I should go find his headstone and piss on it, cause fuck that guy. Um. Yeah, but then I I didn't know that my mom and dad only knew each other for like two months before they got married. Like. That's fucking wild. Also, to talk about my mom leaving that guy. This is like the late 70s, 80s. So, like, divorce was not really a very popular choice among people. It was one of those things that was, like, very frowned upon in society. My mom still said, fuck that. I'm not dealing with this. So, like, hell yeah, big ups. Big ups to my mom. What did they, uh, what did Kevin Durant say? The real MVP? <laughs> That's probably the most basketball talk you ever get out of me. Um, no, but then, like I said... My mom and dad only knew each other for like two months before they got married. They eloped on Valentine's Day, 1986. Damn it. I should know this. I should know this. Damn it, Brandon. I'm an idiot. <laughs> uh, no, um, no, they eloped and... The reason they had to elope was because nobody would marry them because they were both divorced. Like, fucking nineteen mid-1980s. And, yeah, that's what that's what Catholicism will do to you, man. Jesus, that's, that's a big part of my problem. I don't think I've ever went to that therapy just yet about how much... Because I don't even think you realize how much, like, Catholic guilt can fuck you up with stuff, man. Like, until you really start... I think you have to go deep and, like, digging into it. Which I just never... I just... I was never the religious kid, man. It just wasn't for me. Never was. I fought it tooth and nail growing up. It just it's never made sense. Not so much like religion or God or anything like that. But it was just like the church going. It never made sense. Like, why? Why do I have to go here and basically 
ask for forgiveness for the things I'm about to do on a Saturday night. <laughs> That's Catholicism there, buddy. Um, <laughs> these Irish Catholics, Roman Catholics, just sorry for drinking, but I'm about to go out and drink again. <laughs> nah, like it just never made sense. And I remember, I specifically remember, I was like 14, 15, and... I decided, like, you know, well, since I have to go to church for the rest of my life, I should just start enjoying going. I should start, you know, I should just accept the fact that I'm going to have to go every week for the rest of my life. And so, it was like the first time in 15 years of my, the entire time of my life, I was ready for church, like a half hour before church. And I did it for two weeks, and on week three, I'm like, I cannot do this anymore. This does, I hate this. And I said, no offense to anybody who is religious. I am not trying to belittle you in any way, shape, or form. It just, the structure of it, the way it works, is has never been for me. Even from like a young age, I understood, like, this is not for me. I just, I also remember when I was like a kid. Uh, like, I was like six, maybe even younger than that. I asked, like, one of the big questions that kids will eventually think about, like, young children will eventually think about, what happens when we die? is basically the kind of the question, like the whole answer is like, can we go to heaven? And I'm like, well, what do we do in heaven for eternity? Because you can't really wrap your head around the idea of eternity at all because we don't live eternal lives. So, and I can't remember, I can't remember if it was in Sunday school or if it was in at home or something like that. But I remember being told like, well, you know, we pray for everybody back on earth. And I just remember being eight and thinking, that sounds horrible. Like, legitimately. I That kind of fucked up. I don't know why. It's not so much that I didn't want people to be happy or stuff like that. I'm like, I don't have an interest in doing that. <laughs> I don't know, man. It just never clicked for me. It just never worked out. It just was never in my brain to accept it or do any of that. It was so, it's so odd. I just had no interest in it. It just never clicked. So, you know, I'm now a, I'm not so much a godless heathen. I call myself a lapsed Catholic. So, which is just a uh, wimpy version of saying agnostic, which is a n very wimpy version of saying atheist. <laughs> now, I'm a lapsed Catholic. I don't know, man. I don't want to force any beliefs on you. I just, it just, nah, like, you know, it just... If it works for you, it works for you. I know whenever I was in a like when I was in my rough spots there in COVID, I started thinking about going back to church. I really did. I'm like just to have the structure, just to have maybe the community. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I even started thinking about going back. I know there's a Catholic church up here that does everything in Italian, so I thought about going to that because I think that'd be kind of neat. Hear it done in the real languages, the romantic languages. Oh man. Oh, about 20 minutes in. I've talked religion already. <laughs> oh, anyways. Oh, I made a mistake on the last episode. A couple mistakes. All about Lost. Uh, for some reason, I said Lost debuted in 2014. It was 2004. Why the fuck would I say 2014? I kind of wish it was. That means I'd be, what, I'd be 21, or, yeah, I'd be 21 now, not 31. So I could be 21 trying to figure out my shit, and not tw the 31 figuring out my shit. Have 10 extra years and live my 20s over again with a little bit more clarity and idea of what I could do and, like, who I could be. Oh, God, that sounded fucking depressing. Whoops. Oh, man. Like, I don't know. The 20s are where you make all your mistakes. The 30s are where you learn from them and grow. 
So that's what I'm doing. I'm going to take advantage. I'm going to have the best decade of my life. Maybe. Depends on what those fuckers controlling the goddamn bombs are doing. <laughs> oh, existential. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, but then uh, the other mistake was Joe Purdy's wash away is not in episode 6. It's in episode 3. I'm not sure why I made that mistake. Episode 3 is Tabula Rasa of Lost, and that's where Joe Purdy's Wash Away plays. Um, episode 6 is House of the Rising Sun. They play Are You Sure This Is Where You Want to Be by Willie Nelson. And it works so perfectly. Uh, the reason I should have known that, because that song works so perfectly for what that episode was about, because I know what the episode was about. And that's about, uh, there's the Jen and Michael conflict. That's where you learn how that son speaks English. And then um, the other plot is Jack's trying to move everybody to the caves and Kate decides not to go. So like the whole outro of the episode is like the people who moved to the caves versus the people who've stayed on the beach. And they play that really beautiful Willie Nelson song. Are you sure this is where you want to be? I, man, I do love Willie Nelson. What a fucking treasure that guy is. I mean, he's got a wonderful, sad voice. He does wonderful covers. Just, I don't know. Good guy. I think he's a good guy, too. Maybe a great guy, even. I don't know. I've never actually looked into a personal life with Willie Nelson. All I know is, you know, give him all the weed the guy can handle. Let him go out in a blaze of glory, I say. <laughs> oh, man. No, but I I really enjoyed that song. I, I you know, I talked lost a lot. Thanks to, like, I probably wouldn't have talked about it so much if it wasn't for Brian. Uh, the barracks member who asked me if I was going to talk about it. I'm checking in on the Stanley Cup game. It is 2-1 to the Lightning. Hell yeah. I don't even care who wins. I picked the Avalanche in 7. I'm like, hell yeah, that the Lightning are winning. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I think it was the narrative after game 2 that the Lightning were dead in the water and it was, it was over and the Avalanche are just so far superior. I'm like, hold up, guys. Like, the Lightning have won back-to-back -back Stanley fucking Cups. The Avalanche won on their home ice. The Lightning are going back to the home ice. If the first two games were in Tampa, we'd have a we'd have a talk about yeah, maybe the Avalanche are way too good. But until a team really wins on the other team's home ice, like it, it's just it's set up. Like you know what I mean. So, and I knew like how winning back-to-back -back Stanley Cups is just such a such an achievement um, that. You knew, especially the way they lost game two, seven zero. You knew the Lightning were gonna come back and fucking punch him in the mouth. You knew it. I'm liking that's already getting scrappy. Like it's getting really chippy out there. I mean, they dropped some gloves late in the game the other night. O'Connor and was it Sorelli? I can't remember who got in the fight, but it was it was a good scrap. Good, some good blows landed, man. Um, that O'Connor guy, he he has psychopath eyes. He's got those deep eyes. He's 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 buried a body or two, man. He's buried a body or two. He's put him in a fucking oil drum and buried him, man. <laughs> oh, it's been a, it's, I hope the games get a little bit better. Like, game one was great. Game two was great in its own ways. Game three was great in its own ways just because, you know, game two being such a blowout. And then game three being that big counterpunch from the Lightning. So that, you know, I I think it was great in that, in that way. That was, you know, it was a big counterpunch. The Lightning really needed it. Get a big shot in the arm for the series. Shot in the arm in their confidence. So, I don't know, man. I think still goes seven. I still think the Avalanche win it. I still think the Avalanche has got it, man. And then, uh, 
still moving on from sports to the soccer world. Uh, Taki Minamino has left Liverpool, heading to Monaco. Um, I like Taki. A little sad to see him go. He, I just don't think he was quite Liverpool ready. I don't think he was ever going to be a, a consistent first team performer for us. Um, especially now that you know we got like what well, we still got a front four kind of going, front five. Let's see, you got Diaz, Nunes, Salah, Yota. Uh, and Bobby and Bobby Dazzler, so we still got a front five. Like he'd fall in what sixth in line, and who knows where they're going to play Fabio Carvalho when he starts going. Whether he's going to be more of a midfielder, if he's going to be a forward. Um, I think if you want a sixth forward, I'd rather have the 19-year-old kid over the 26-year-old. You know, more of a finished product talk he was compared to Fabio, who's got such a high ceiling. Anyways, um, no Taki. I liked him a lot. He scored some really cool, good goal, really cool goals. He scored some really good goals for us. Uh, as top scorer in the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup this past season, both cup competitions we won. Um, so like he writes his name in the in the books for that. And also he was the first, I believe, he was definitely the first Japanese player to play for Liverpool. I'm pretty sure he's the first Asian player as well. So he always had that feather in his cap at a club the size of Liverpool that he got to be the first. Like good for him. Seemed like a really good dude. Very happy for him. Hopefully he tears it up at Monaco, and hopefully we regret selling him because he plays so well. All right, good, the best of luck to Taki Minamino. And then uh, the here in the MLS, the Columbus crew signed Cucho Hernandez. That is an incredible signing. It is, oh, I am beyond excited for this one. Um, Cucho has been a player that I have known about for a few years because Watford had been so high on him when they signed him, but he didn't have the work permits to play in England forever. So he'd been on loan in Spain for years, and um, he finally played this year. He played all right. Um, he's only 23, but also Watford were horrible. Watford were so bad this year. Like, no chance they were staying up bad. Didn't matter who their fucking manager was, they were not good enough to stay up. And, um, but he, he still scored like five goals. Which, you know, for a relegation team is actually, is, it may not sound great. Like, he played 25, one in every five, I think it was. Um, may not sound good to people who don't really follow or anything like that. But when you're a bad team, one in five's not that bad of a strike rate. And he scored against some good teams. I mean, he scored a really great goal against Aston Villa on his debut, like 50 seconds in. Um, curling shot, top of the box on the right, uh, would be left-hand side to the far right corner. Excellent shot. Showed good pace, good versatility, like good cut in, good skill to do that. Like that, that's tough, like, especially to put the power on it, beat the keeper, put it in the top corner. Um, got a brace against Southampton. He scored a wonderful overhead kick against Arsenal. He also scored a really good goal against Manchester City as well, where he got in between Cancelo or Cancelo and Laporte, got in deep, put the ball across Ederson, beat Ederson to the far post, hits the post, comes back out to him, you know, following the shot in, getting to the right position for a rebound, puts it right in off Ederson, scores a goal. I mean, like, on his heel, uh, on, his, uh, on his toes better than Laporte was there, and Laporte's a world-class center back, so. And the fact, like I said, he's 23, he's he played international football, so I'm, I'm really excited about this signing. I think it's not just for the crew, it's also for MLS in general. I think this is a great signing for the league as well. To get a good young talent, leave the, like, you know, obviously leaving the championship, really, to come play here. Like, um, I know, I can't, oh, I forget his name. 
He left Napoli. He was like their captain. Is now playing, I believe, for Toronto. Or is he playing for L.A.? Or is he playing for New York? I can't remember. Like, that's a really good signing because, you know, he's 30. But, you know, he's like a, he's near, like, corner. I guess it would be the end of his peak. Lorenzo and Zignit. I can't remember. I can't remember how his last name is pronounced. It starts with an I. That's, a, that's an a absolutely incredible signing. But at the same time, how long is he going to be great? I mean, you know, if Cucho decides to stay in Columbus, I mean, you could have... 10 years of greatness here. Javinko was a great signing coming from Juventus to uh, Liver or to Toronto. And he was outstanding. Um, Carlos Velo is a really good signing. Uh, for like it's like a, based on their age and their time because you know obviously like getting Beckham, getting Steven Gerrard, getting Frank Lampard for a year, getting Andre Pirlo, getting Zlatan Ibrahimovic were great which Zlatan was low-key one of the great signings, too, because he still tears it up, despite the fact he's, like, 40. Like, he just, like, led AC Milan to the um, Serie A title in Italy with no AC, like, with his knee completely destroyed. You know, taking injections all the time to be able to play, and still, like, his knees were gone, and he still, like, tears it up, man. Like, I, I love how, I, I hate Zlatan because he's a fucking prick. But I fucking love him, too, because he is a prick. <laughs> Refers to himself in the third person. Uh, like, oh, he does such wild shit, man. And he does sometimes have really good causes for things. Like, I know uh, World Hunger one time, he uh, got temporary tattoos of, like, hundreds of names on his body. And scored a goal, took his, like, shirt off, you know, to show all these different people who are suffering from hunger and stuff like that in the world. And just, like, trying to raise more awareness for it. Like, that's that's pretty neat. You know, I just wish we could do more. Which, speaking of that, um, Mark Cuban's doing a cool thing right now with um, prescription drugs. Um, basically, he's buying them and he's reselling them, or he's got like distribution. You know, he can distribute them um, basically at cost, so you can get like uh, cancer drugs or inhalers, uh, stuff for diabetes, like insulin, all that fun stuff. Getting them like. So instead of paying like say nine hundred fifty dollars for this can this cancer drug, you pay forty five dollars at this website. I can't remember what it's called. I should look it up. But yeah, uh, Mark Cuban's kind of like running it, and it I I think that's absolutely wonderful. That's exactly what I. You know, it makes me really happy that somebody's doing that because that's what should be done, because it's absolutely ridiculous what some people have to pay just to stay alive. Um, when, yeah, when it should be pretty accessible. So, like, the fact that he's doing that, uh, they can't really advertise because if they advertise, it will drive the cost of the drugs up just because they're running at cost, basically. Or they're running at the cost so they can also still expand to get even more drugs and more help to people who really need it. So, uh, yeah, good on Mark Cuban for that. That's, that's really cool. Of course, I went to the, uh, comment sections of the post about it, and... My other, outside of drink water, my other big time, I think, great bit of advice, don't get into comment sections. Get out of Facebook comment sections. Get out of fucking Twitter feeds. Get off the fucking YouTube comments. Stop. Stop being fucking idiots. Get out of there because it's just stupid people being stupid. Don't get dragged into it. It's just ignorant fucking douchebags being ignorant fucking douchebags. Like, first comment was just like some guy... Well, why don't you just give him away for free? You're a billionaire. Like, dude, he doesn't have to be doing any of this if he doesn't want to. How about he just doesn't do anything? Is that better for you? Like, Jesus. Like, no understanding of how 
a business or economics can work. Like he's literally running this at cost for like minimum profits just so people can have access to this. And you're still finding a way to fucking complain because you don't know how things work because you're a fucking idiot. God, man, come on. Let's just think a little bit. Like the whole defeated attitude of so many people out there, the whole you have to find something to bitch about. That's what I bitch about. <laughs> I bitch about the people who bitch about nothing. <laughs> oh, man. It's like people who go out of their way to tell you they don't care. So you know for a fact they care. <laughs> it's like during the whole Amber Heard, Johnny uh, Depp thing, which I hate to admit, was it was fucking just trash TV for me. I could not stop fucking kind of paying attention to it. I I paid attention to it till it got a break, and then when it came back, I did not care as much, and I didn't follow it until Johnny actually, I guess, won, which was shocking to me. Not just because I didn't, I don't, I don't want to go into what I believed on that. I just thought the whole thing was fucking crazy. Um, it was just uh, defamation law and stuff like that in America is so difficult to win. When you're like the uh, plaintiff, or would that he be the plaintiff in that? Yeah, because like you have to prove their intent, which is very difficult. Whereas like, um, yeah, he basically had to prove that, right? You had to improve intent. I don't know. I'm starting to get tired. Nah. So, but yeah, I said it was trash. And what was it going to fucking go with that? Oh, I don't know. I was talking about stupid fucking people. <laughs> Oh, no, I'd see so many people say, am I the only one who doesn't care about this? In, like, a comment section on a video that you had to click on to get to the comment section. You had to click on a video about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard to get to the comment section to tell people you don't care. You obviously fucking care. <laughs> You're not cool for doing that. Nobody is like, oh, man, this guy, look at this guy. He's a shiny beacon of society for saying he... he for taking five minutes of his time to find the right video to post how he doesn't care about any of this. <laughs> oh, man. Like I said, people who go out of the way to tell people they don't care about something obviously care, and I don't care for them. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. That whole thing was fucking wild. I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully both of them just end up being happy. That's what really fucking matters. Just, I don't think they had kids, thank God. Because it's always rough. Like, that public type of breakup on a child, Jesus fucking Christ, he had no chance. I don't know, man. Oh, I finally finished Stranger Things 3 last night on my rewatch. It's definitely the worst season of the four. It's not bad. It's fun. I said they had the whole dropped Will storyline. Like, Will barely exists after he destroys Castle Byers. Like, barely. Like, just barely exists after that. I think he's just there to show that he has goosebumps to know that the mind flares around. I think that's it. I watched it, and man, I forgot about how bad a certain scene was. I'm gonna spoil the shit out of it. Um, like, in in a vacuum... The scene is fine. It's funny. It's kind of adorable. But in the context of the actual season, where they're at in the season and the show, it is so fucking stupid. It is when fucking Dustin sings the never-ending story theme. It is so fucking dumb. It cuts the balls off the scene. 
it like I said it just takes all of the tension out and like I don't care anymore it's like now I know nobody's going to die and that, that's like also my problem like you know Hopper being alive in season 4 like that's, I know people have been praising big time the uh, Dear Billy episode which is a fantastic episode and I really do love the uh, ending with it but how did you buy so many people were bought in that Max was going to die are you watching the same same show I am? Like, I I don't know. Like this show doesn't have the balls to kill off one of the kids. Like it didn't even have the balls to kill Hopper when they should have. They killed him, and they couldn't even help themselves. And they brought him back for kind of a lame ass story, in Russia. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, because like the only thing that's great about season four, like I think most of it is good. Like I I said like lame ass. I think I was a little too harsh. I think it's fine, like the whole Russian thing, but ultimately the only story that matters is the whole, the Vecna story. I don't really care about Elle trying to get her powers back. I never gave a shit about Mike. Mike, since the end of season one, has been like the worst fucking character in any TV show, period. He's just like an over-controlling douchebag. Like, if they need to kill somebody off this show, here's my number one fucking choice there, pal. I don't know. But no, like I said, like, the in that scene with the whole never ending story thing, you have the kids in the car being chased by the fucking gore monster, the, the the you know, the guts monster or whatever, which was supposed to be scary because it's made of guts. Like that's the thing, it's like, you know, the first season had good like terror moments and kind of horror moments. There hasn't really been anything like that since. You know what I mean? The monster's never been as great as season one. And uh yeah, so like the whole thing was like it just is made up of like guts and gore, like gore and grotesque stuff, or like oh I'm sorry, like gore and what's the other word? I don't know. I guess like gore stuff. Gore is not scary. It's not horror. It's just it's I don't know. I think it's like the lame attempt at horror. Like you don't know a way to be good at it, so you just try to make people uncomfortable. So it's gloches everywhere. It's like you know it's oozing through things people don't like oozing things so it's like ugh, that's gross like it's not scary though i don't know but it's chasing all the kids in the car and then um what's his face uh dustin starts singing the song and all the kids are just kind of like like what the fuck's going on like they would not give a shit if dustin's singing the song there's a goddamn monster chasing him so now you like i said it cuts the balls of the scene i know those kids are not in danger whatsoever anymore there's no way that they're killing him after putting this scene together. Um, it cuts the balls off the monster because, like, it's not even the top priority of a scene where it's chasing all of the main... Like, a big amount of the main characters. Like, it's not even the biggest thing. Like, they literally are more worried about what the fuck Dustin's doing singing to this girl compared to a fucking monster chasing them. Um, like, not just, like, a small monster. This thing is massive. It's like 30 fucking feet and it's chasing them and they're still more worried about the fact that Dustin's singing to his girlfriend. Like, who gives a shit about the monster at that point? You know what I mean? I don't know. Weird. Like I said, I, I am interested to rewatch season four again so far. I guess the new stuff comes out July 1st. I'm kind of interested to see what how it wraps up. Um, see if they actually pay off Will being gay or not or whether they have some trick up their sleeve for that. I don't know. I don't. I don't care if Will's gay. I don't think it's a big deal. Um, 
I, mean, I, I guess I am kind of interested to see how Mike reacts to it. Or whether, I don't know. I don't think it's a big deal either way. I think it's been, it's been alluded since season one. Like, so, it's not like a shocker. It's not like it's like a forced thing that's came out of nowhere. Where it's like, oh, we need to start checklisting all the different, like, types of people that are out there. We need to make sure we have them all represented. There's some, some stuff that, like, uh people who are idiots on the internet like to complain about like it's not fair that they have representation <laughs> that's what you sound like <laughs> nah but like I said it's been alluded since season one so it's just paying off the storyline so I'm wondering if they're going to go with that or they're going to go with something else so I don't know it, it should be fun um, I'm kind of interested to rewatch the whole what they call it Vecna Vecna storyline see because I thought it was really cool I said I didn't really care about Elle and getting her powers back so much. I didn't really care at all about the Russia thing. I think the same thing applies as like that whole Dustin thing with Murray, where Murray's just too goofy to take serious in a serious show. So, like, the fact that he actually knows how to do karate is played off for huge laughs instead of, oh, I'm supposed to take this guy serious. And, you know, yeah, he's, he's goofy, but, you know, when the moment comes, he's a, he's a serious player. But nah, it's just, he's, he's good at, he does karate, so he's actually funny. I don't know. I said that's my problem with so many shows and movies where they just force in the comedy and undercut a good story, just try to get a laugh. It's like, you don't have to. You don't have to. People don't have to laugh and love something. Um, That's even my issues with, like I said, I've talked about The Lord of the Rings with the whole 360 McTwist flip, kick flip thing that uh, Legolas does off the tusk of an oliphant and then Gimli's like that still only counts as one that's my least favorite part of the entire trilogies <laughs> I hate it so much oh it angers me angers me mostly because it's like Gimli was like the serious dwarf to start off like the whole trilogy when he, after the council of Elrond yeah we're going to get pretty nerdy here for a second but then like as the movies go on through the second one to the third one he's just a comic relief character for the rest of the way like, he doesn't really do much except kind of spout off one-liners with Legolas. Like, Legolas at least has some stuff to do, some serious things. Like, like you know, they pay off a little bit of his character in the second one with the whole, you know, he tells Aragorn to toss him, you know, because obviously in the first movie he does, like, no one tosses a dwarf, so he has Aragorn toss him in the second one, so he's, like, he's letting go of his pride a little bit in that scene. He understands he has to do what needs to be done. Um, but, yeah, that's that's it. Then after that, it's just jokes. It's just nothing but jokes from Gimli. Um, like I said, and I think part of that is I love the I love it so much. In my brain, I've always been this way since I was a kid. That something has to be the absolute best, and something has to be the absolute worst. So when I was younger, I would always ask, "What is like the best movie of all time? What is the best band of all time?" As if there's there's like a definitive answer for that. And for best band, it's obviously E Street. Everybody knows that, duh. But like best movie, I I consider it The Godfather. Um, I consider, but I can sit there and hear arguments for Citizen Kane. I can sit there and hear arguments for Shawshank. I can hear arguments for, um, trying to think some other really really good One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I, I absolutely adore that movie. Um. Let's see, let's see, let's see. I'm trying to think of other, like, some probably like some Japanese films I've never actually watched. You know, I'm not that cool. I haven't watched those movies. <laughs> uh, but, you know, there's so many great films out there. But when I was, like, younger, I thought there was a definitive idea of, like, a definitive answer to what is the best movie of all time. What's the funniest movie of all time? There's an actual answer to this. It's not, um, 
subjective to your style of humor. You know, for me, because it used to be, I think there was like a hundred funniest movies or ever something list that was released, and I was like maybe almost a teenager. I think Animal House was number one. I watched Animal House, like, oh, this well, this is the funniest movie of all time, so it doesn't matter if I don't think it's the funniest movie of all time. It is. It's kind of like a fact, not a, you know, feeling. And then, but now my opinion is, In Bruges is the funniest movie ever made. I absolutely love In Bruges. If you've never seen In Bruges, it's Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson, Ralph Fiennes, 2008. Um, very dark movie. A um, lot of questions in that about um, redemption, mortality, um, the human soul, all this fun stuff. But it's got so many wonderful, funny lines in it. Um, like I said, it's, it's got a very depressing story. But it ultimately works. And I said the humor really works in it. Um, it's great. And Ralph Fiennes, for the little amount of movie he's in, is pretty fucking wonderful. Uh, that's what, like, for me, like, that is, like, one of the funniest movies ever, which would, nobody would ever put up there. I absolutely think that movie's hysterical. Um, another great one. Oh, I had it, lost it. Maybe it wasn't that funny then. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like the Big Lebowski, that's what I was probably thinking of. Big Lebowski is probably the funniest movie that's made to be a straight-up comedy that's ever been made. Every time I watch it, that there's a couple movies that, like you know, obviously The Godfather. I find out new details every single time I watch it. But same thing happens with Hot Fuzz. Same thing happens with um, Big Lebowski. There's new little nuances that I've never noticed before. Whether it's just how a character moves in the background, a line I hear in a different way that I've never heard before, like. I absolutely adore both those movies. I think they're absolutely fantastic. I don't know. I should do a top ten like movies list at some point in my life. No, but I used to have all these ideas of what's the best. Something has to be the best. Something has to be the worst. So with like Lord of the Rings, since I loved all these scenes and I have a scene that I consider my least favorite, I think I'm more hard on how much I dislike that scene than it has any right to be. So ultimately, I probably actually like think the scene's fine, but since... I consider it the worst scene in the movie. I kind of extend. I. I hate it exponentially, or not hate it. I dislike it much more than I actually do, just because I consider it the worst. So therefore, in my mind, worst means it has to be bad. So I over talk shit on it. I don't know. I've rambled on quite a bit tonight. Oh man, is there anything I have missed? I try. I have like vague ideas of stuff I'll talk about and I think I've hit everything I'd want to talk about tonight I only thought about going like 20 minutes and I'm on 45 minutes so <laughs> I blew past that uh, once again guys thank you so much for joining me um, I'm pretty incoherent most nights so if you stuck with me through all this thank you if you uh, enjoy it like subscribe share do all the fun stuff like I said Stitcher Radio Public, Amazon, and Spotify is where you can find me. Um, you could always reach out to me through text, uh, phone number, not text or phone number, <laughs> text or Facebook or Twitter, Instagram, anything like that. Any way you want to get a hold of me, go ahead. Uh, continue to do this. I'll check back in on Sunday where I'll have the five songs I'm working with for the week. And then go from there next Wednesday we'll have Springsteen song of the week start nailing down what the fuck I'm doing here so thank you so much for tuning in enjoy the rest of your night remember to like and share um, 
Thanks for listening. Thanks for understanding. Stay positive. Get better. See you Sunday.